The long and winding road leads us here to the doorstep of the postseason. One win, a little bit of help away from ending 17 seasons of misery. Allen steps up. Jumps over the defenders to pick up the first. Now, how many quarterbacks have you ever seen hurdle anyone? Oops, he throws. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. You're listening to the Red, White and Buffalo Blues, a UK Bills podcast. Special podcast episode for this one as we review our round two and round three pick from day two of the 2020 NFL Draft. Now, I'm joined with some of you probably know him from a couple of episodes. He's been on with us with Rob Newell as Alex is away. So, Rob, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks, Matt. Thank you. You've been a, you you've been staying up and watch all the draft, or you've been some like some people I know that just wait for the pick and then go to bed. Uh, dipping in and out, to be honest. Obviously, I stayed up to the the first Bills pick last night, and then sort of came back to the the third round selection a bit later on. It's awesome. So obviously, first impressions, round two, and uh, pick fifty four, AJ Epinesa. Uh, defensive end in Iowa and 86 in round three, Zach Moss running back Utah. First, first thoughts on that. My first thoughts are really that it's one of them arguments that comes down to whether you're a best player available or whether you're draft and need type of school camp, really. I think the Bills have got a very clear path of what they intended to get out of the draft. And because you could argue there were better players talent-wise on the board, like um, Kyle Fulton or J.K. Dobbins, for example. But I think they've had a particular plan of what they wanted. And what they've got is exactly what they were after, really. Yeah. So with with pick 54, we got um, A.J. Epinesa, 6'6", 280 pounds. A little bit of a scouting report on what what the Bills have probably seen in him is that the name of his game is actually power over speed. And just looking at the power and length from his tapes, you can see that that ball rush he's actually got. Don't know if you, you've seen you've you seen some tape of him, seen some yeah, highlights. I saw some tape this morning on him. I must admit, he won a player that was high up in my scouting reports beforehand. But I've watched some highlights this morning, and yeah, I agree with what you're saying. He's got he's he's got a good motor in the sense that he, he keeps going. He finishes a play. He's not one of the players that will um, have that initial burst for me. Mm. It's, like it's a ball rush. It's not like else. It's not like a Jerry Hughes type of speed move off the edge or anything. But he will keep going and get to the to the ball one way or the other. He can play the run on the way to the QB, and he does seem to go for the ball quite a lot as well. He does seem to cause a few fumbles. I've noticed as well. Yeah, the one, the one thing I, I don't know if it's important to you. Obviously, for me, is uh, it's his versatility. He, he's good at playing the run. And as she's setting the edge, he also can play inside his defense as defensive tackle. So for that, I like I'm liking this move because it's a Quinton Jefferson type move that you've got that you got that chess piece, so to speak, on that defensive line. I mean, it's probably one of the great pros about him, but it just needs a little bit more work, in my opinion, on his um, on his speed rush. 
just to actually um, come and play on the outside of the tackle rather than always coming inside. But either way, I, in my opinion, that about you, I think it's not really too much of a, a an issue, so to speak. So obviously, we do that. We can get Milano on the um, on the outside actually come around the edge. Yeah, I agree. It's um, it's a move that is. I mean, you've got, you got to remember it's at pick fifty-four. You're not likely to get day one starter there at that mm. position. Maybe at other positions, but not a not on the edge. But edge was probably a need for sort of as you and Alex were talking in previous episodes about developing talent and not necessarily having them as day one starters, but seeing them as sort of ready, getting them ready this year for next year. Yeah, and I think I think he is because he got Hughes. We got. Milano, you got is it Addison from? Yeah, Mario Addison. So we've got talent on the edge. I mean, yeah, we'll see some snaps from this kid, obviously. But um, I think this is about learning from those guys, seeing how it's done at the NFL. Yeah, you've got to think a few more tricks to his, to his sort of caliber, as it were. And um, I think we'll see some sort of ready for starting twenty twenty. One twenty-two mm. season. Yeah. It just makes the it just makes the case now is what are you going to do with um, with Trent Murphy now? Are they going to keep him on? Actually, have Epinesa learn under him, and then release Murphy, or do you think they're going to cut him, save the um, the eight million, put towards um, next year, or a veteran or a veteran like running back, or is one of those interesting questions that we definitely got to look out for. In the um, in the off season, I think. Yeah, and I think the next couple of rounds tonight might be a, a bigger clue as to what they're going to do there, because there's still some sort of defensive talent available there. And if they go to a similar type of a role again, I think we can definitely say that Murphy is under threat. But mm. so I think I think what most people want to know is the is really the stats on. And what he can actually do, I, I believe you've got a few of those actually um, lined up. Have you for Epinesa or is it for Zach Moss that we're going to talk about in a bit that you've got? I've got some stats for both. Um, Epinesa had three years at college and he's improved every year. So obviously that's one thing you want to see, a gradual improvement in a player. You don't want to see a sort of drop off at any point. So he has improved every year from freshman to sophomore and then into junior year. This year he's had 11 and a half sacks. So again, he, as we talked about, he didn't seem to have a great deal of. Hello. My phone's going fancy. Siri, shut up! We're trying to do a podcast here. <laughs> Bizarre. Um, yeah, the he's had eleven and a half sacks. He's had was it fourteen tackles for loss? Yeah. As well, so let me say he can he can play the run. He gets he gets there. He's forced was it four fumbles this year. Mm-hmm. Four fumbles the previous year, nine in total over the three years that he spent at Iowa. Yeah, I mean Iowa is a, a school where you think of Iowa, it's like big athletes, linemen, tight yeah. ends, and he's had to go against that in training every day as well. So he's going to be used to sort of the physical side of the game, and it'll be a step up to NFL level, obviously, because he he wasn't one of the top edge rushers that you could have had. But again, they were going to be gone by the middle of the second round. No. We have to mm. accept that, but he's got potential. He he made some plays. Yeah. To say he went from four and a half sacks in his freshman year to ten and a half in the sophomore, and then eleven and a half when he got to his junior year, and he's coming out obviously a year early. So, 
Yeah, I mean, probably a couple of stats that you may not have picked up on. I did a few my, myself looking at it. Actually, in his freshman year, he actually had um, one reception in the receiving game, went for 15 yards, and he also fielded a punt, one punt for 16 yards in the sophomore year. So we've got a guy that can, can play special teams if needs be. <laughs> he can, and he can... Um... He's also quite a big wing. Obviously, he's six foot six. He's got quite a big wingspan. He he does yeah. get his arms up. He does look to knock the ball down. He's managed to defence seven passes, Iowa, um, as well. Yeah. So he's he's got that sort of. He's got, in fact, some of his sacks came about after taking the, the throwing lane away, mm. and then then landing on top of the quarterback. We had nowhere else to go. So. And his first, his first ever sack for Firewa actually um, was uh, was against uh, one Josh Allen. So I bet, bet Josh is looking forward to actually uh, meeting him again <laughs> <laughs> when we go back. So yeah, that right. <laughs> so let's move on to round three, pick eighty six. There were still a few names on the board on there that went a little bit later, but with Zach Moss. It's he's 5'10", 222 pounds. For me, I wanted him last year. When I knew he was eligible last year and was thinking of coming out, I had him I had tabs on him all the time because he is that he is that complement to to Singletary. Pretty much a similar type of player. So they haven't gone out and got a big, big bruiser like a AJ Dillon or a speedster like um what DeAndre Swift, um, Edward Hilaire, or anything like that. They've got someone that actually complements in the same style as Devin Singletary, which will make it harder for the um for the opposition defence. Because if you had one or the other, so if you had Singletary and you had a speedster, you know what type of play they're gonna have. But got with Singletary and Moss, you've got that you've got that um guessing game, so to speak. So both similar, obviously Singletary has got a few more, few more pros to um, to Moss. But what's your initial view? Yeah, I like the pick. I must admit, it's one of the better picks I think we could have had at that point. I I, I found out earlier on today he's actually Santana Moss's cousin. So yeah. he's got an NFL caliber in the in the family. He, he knows what it's about. I saw again looking at him. He he's not the biggest running back. He's obviously five ten. Uh, he's he looks quite solid. I mean, you're not going to arm tackle the guy. Let's put it that way. He, yeah, he I will mean, run through you. He'll go yeah. over you. He has to. And he's also got the speed. If he gets through to the next level, then the secondary are not going to have fun tackling him. Mm, yeah, he, I think compared to Singletree he, or Singletary, he's a little bit more happier to go between the tackles mm. than than say Devon is, but. He yeah. looks like he say. I think he's going to be a decent, decent addition to our backfield. It gives us that one-two punch there, which I think we needed. Obviously, yeah. we lost um, Gore and stuff, so I think we needed that that backup in there. And I think this this kid could be quite special. He's he's physical. He's damaging. He's they call him violent style running. I, I noticed on NFL.com earlier. They call, a very violent and aggressive star running back might shorten yeah. his career, they said. But um, you don't <laughs> want to, um, I say, watching people try and tackle him, it was there was a lot of people left on the floor on some of his touchdown runs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
what you picked it up you picked it up there and it's something that i actually um noticed that you're not going to get him bouncing um all the time on the outside and you can jiving like um like singletary but he has got those feet that are similar to it and he loves he has the vision that he can actually look into look for the gaps in the inside more of a zone run which is sort of what brian double's um running systems like but he's got that vision to look and attack those um spaces and as you say he's a tough person to bring down and i think they'll probably use singletary majority of the time but i can see him being the um the goal line and third and short type um running back to come in to start off and then next year try and expand that role a little bit more but yeah yeah, I think that's probably a great start for him to come in. And he's certainly got the ability to be that short yardage and goal line type yeah. player. He's also not bad in passing game either. I've noticed he's, mm. he's obviously he's looking at his stats for the four years at Utah. His passing game contributions have increased each year. And I saw him take a couple to the to the house as well. So he's, yeah. I mean, that is in the Pac-12, not the SEC, you could argue <laughs> Uh, we can't argue with that, but but yeah, it's six sixty six receptions in his um in his four years, six hundred eighty five yards, three touchdowns. Um, yeah, he's got he's got the hands to it. He could, I think, judged by how he um how he's run his feet and all that, and the vision, I think that would actually open up the um the screen game a little bit more. So you got two per Singletary and. Maybe maybe a play draw up. This is me just thinking randomly. It probably could never work. Have Singletary and Moss in the backfield open up a screen game either side with one of them. It can always open that up. But it's the pass protection that I think will actually stand him in good stead because as far as I can see him from what I've heard of reports, he's actually one of those um he's probably one of the best pass protecting running backs that are actually in the draft. So you've got an all round all-round prospect, a few a few flaws on him, but at pick eighty six, I think that's a um that's a real real steal. Absolutely, I, I agree. I, I was thinking something similar as distance from the running game. If we could have the odd sort of gimmick pa- package, you could argue with Singletary and Moss, and obviously with a quarterback like Josh as well, that mm. could be running. That ball could be running anywhere. Yeah. So, so let's move. Let's move on. Let's move on. Yep. We'll, we'll try and wrap this up as quickly um, quickly as possible because I don't think people want to hear us talk ages and ages and ages and ages. It's just a it's just a review show. Um, players still available now. There's some on this list for me that actually um, is a bit shocking. I mean, Bryce Hall, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Curtis Weaver, Akeem Davis-Gaither, uh, Bradley and I, Reggie Robinson, Lecky Futu. Uh, Tyler Johnson, Tyler Biads, centre and guard. I think, I think it's just the way the NFL of HM or the teams have actually drafted means that still people can get a lot of value in these um in rounds four to seven. I mean, I'm hoping, and on my wish list is actually um is potentially go Peoples Jones with round four, if not Bryce Hall. But I don't know what I don't know where you see. Them going at least with round four. Yeah, um, it's a tough one. I mean, obviously, say from what I've seen so far, they've obviously got a deliberate target of what they wanted in terms of positions rather than 
individual player necessarily at the time. I th- I would I wouldn't be surprised if we would see him target cornerback in mm. the next in the next round. And obviously, yeah, you mentioned some great players there. Um, but I mean, looking at the corners that are left, I would look at someone like um, perhaps Troy Pride Jr. from Notre Dame. Yeah, he's good. He's a pretty good, solid sort of contributor there. Um, and there's Amit Robertson from Louisiana Tech. But I think Troy Pride would be my my choice if we could have anybody at, at that position if, if they were going to target cornerback. But there are yeah. still some, some edge rushes still there. And, and as it goes on, you could even target a potential backup QB possibly. But mm. So, so in, in your opinion, can you see the Bills doubling down in a couple of positions? So doubling down at edge or... Um... Or uh, or uh, or running back or anything like that. Can, could you see a double down situation? Yeah, I, I think we. I wouldn't be surprised at all if we could get another edge rusher. I think the, obviously the Murphy contract then comes into play as we talked about. The other thing I wouldn't be surprised to see us take later on, perhaps around six or seven, would be another wide receiver possibly because you obviously mm. have to allow for Stephen Diggs obviously as part of this draft class as such. And I think yeah. another wide receiver could be on the on the wish list as well, perhaps to give Josh perhaps a a, a bigger target to aim at. Mm. I mean, there's there's a few players that I'm going to look out for um, definitely in these in these rounds. I mean, whether they actually um, are on the Bills' radar or not, it, the, the players I think could come in and make a um, make a difference, whether it be as backup or potentially a rotation. One of them is obviously the offensive um, offensive guard, John Simpson of Clemson. They didn't spend all that time down the pro day and have um, have meetings with him for, for nothing. Um, a running back slash fullback in Sewo uh, Olanula of, um, of TCU, who could be who could be that H-back role, that fullback, running back, tight end type player that could spell an end for DeMarco um dj Dallas is a seventh round alex taylor developmental tackle one of my favorite wide receivers other than people's jones is isaiah coulter of rhode island i think he's one that with wide receiver four you're not going to get that many snaps so it's good for him to learn under beasley brown and and Diggs because he has a similar sort of route running experience and a X factor to watch out for is um, Kenny Robinson of West Virginia left college early went to the XFL to play for St. Louis Battlehawks and actually um, is a really good safety who could be a valuable chess piece and an heir apparent to either um, poor or hide yep some good, good names there to look out for some good targets there uh, if I wanted to throw a couple in, just I think they might be interesting to watch out for. There's a cornerback from Nebraska called Lamar Jackson. Yeah. And it's sort of, um, as we have more than one Josh Allen in the league already, why not another Lamar Jackson? <laughs> Lamar Jackson taking a pick from Lamar Jackson. Has a good ring to it. Yeah, it'd be, be nice to see him in the championship game maybe next year. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but no, I think you've, you've mentioned the main ones there. I mean, there was... The, the wide receiver was it was it Gandy Golden you mentioned already? Uh, no, People Jones and Isaiah mm-hmm. Coulter I've mentioned, but yeah, you got you've yeah. got Gandy Golden. Yeah. They've met him quite a lot. Yeah. 
yeah. six foot four, twenty to twenty three. I think the one that we can find a bigger receiver just to sort of give an extra sort of compliment. But no, like you say, an H back slash tight end might be an option as well. Yeah. So I mean, that's a it's a lot. Um, obviously for listeners that if you're in the UK, then obviously five o'clock um, UK times when the draft starts on Sky Sports Action rounds five to seven. So I think I've, I've got to thank you, Rob, for actually um, for jumping on and uh, helping me review um, Epinesa and Zach Moss. You got plans to watch it later all the way through or are you just going to, as soon as that final Bills pick goes in, is that it turned off? Well, I'll try and watch a few of them. I'll be dipping in and out while the earlier rounds are going on, trying to put the kids entertained <laughs> into bed. But but later on, I'll try and catch the last couple of rounds, certainly. Uh, me, me, it won't stop. I'll be going till um, 255, and then I'll still be uh, still be going for the undrafted uh, free agents. I'll be hovering around on uh, on Twitter a lot on there. But my my thanks there to um, to Rob for for coming on chatting with me. Uh, as I say when I end the show it's always keep subscribing um, reviewing us leave us that review follow us on at UK underscore Bills for our main Twitter the podcast Twitter at RWBB underscore pod Um, Instagram UK underscore Bills and find us on Facebook at Buffalo Bills UK and for me and my uh, my guest host Rob, it's uh, good afternoon, good morning, good evening. Enjoy day three, and go Bills. Go Bills. Not us. Yeah, not, not us. us. You don't know anything about heart. You don't know anything about work. Huh? That's who we are. Bills on three. One, two, three. Bills.